0: We're so glad you're tuning in with us wherever you're watching, whether you're watching local, you're watching somewhere around the world. Every week almost we get a message from a different country of somebody watching our broadcast. And so we thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you already felt the presence of the Lord. But let me invite you, if you're ever in our area, we invite you to be our guest. If you're here local, it's one thing to watch online. It's another thing on a whole different level to be here in person. Come and be our guest. We'll give you some free gifts. We'd love to meet you. We're preaching about the good news—the good news of the gospel—and we're in the book of Romans, and the book of Romans is full of the good news. Paul writes about the good news of the gospel, and so today I want to talk to you about the good news is all about God's love. The good news is all about God's love. Do you realize the sunlight has many physical benefits that we need? Sometimes we hear, stay out of the sunlight. And that, that's true. Too much sunlight is not good for you. Make sure you wear sunscreen. Protect yourself against the, the, you know, coming against anything that can have skin cancer. We need that. That's important. But we also need sunlight. It's also very much an important part of our body that we operate in. Uh, you realize that sunlight produces a natural vitamin D in your body? It produces in your body when you're out in the sun, it produces a vitamin D. It also will help you lower your blood pressure. That's a new one. I didn't know that. It can also help you with type 1 diabetes, for those of you struggling. Sunlight can also help you fight off different forms of cancer. It also has been known to help you sleep better. It raises the the melatonin in your life and allows you to sleep. And actually, those who spend time a little bit of time in the sun every day tend to sleep better. It also can build and boost your immune system. It has a way of relaxing and relieving Pain. It promotes relaxation in your life. It also can reduce those who are dealing with depression. Sunlight helps depression begin to die off in your life. And it also promotes awareness. So, sunlight has a lot of natural things, a lot of natural benefits that we need. So, if I go out today and the sun's shining like a beautiful day like today, there we go, all right. And I walk out in the sunshine and I'm standing under an umbrella, am I getting the benefits of the sun? No. Is the sun still shining? Yes. Have I stopped the sun from shining? No. The sun's still shining all around me. It's out there, and the benefits are falling all around me for me. It's there, But because I have chosen to block it off, I'm not going to receive the power of the benefits of that sun. You see, it's kind of this way in our life. God's love for us is so real. It brings so much benefits in our life. It's unstoppable in our life, unconditional in our life. God's love is falling all around us for us, to strengthen us, to bring us hope, to bring us peace, to bring us everything we need in our life, but we begin to doubt. As soon as we go through a problem, we're like, well, God, do you really love me? As soon as we go through a hard time, God, have you forgotten about me? We go through something in our life, God, I've blown it too much for your love in my life. And we start doubting God's love. And every time we doubt God's love, we're not stopping God's love from falling. We're just stopping ourselves from walking in the benefits of the love of God. And so God wants us to learn to put down our umbrella of doubt and have our eyes open to how much he really, really, really cares for us. How much he really cares for us and what he's doing. Now, the love of God is for you. Now turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you more than you know. He wants you to know God really, really loves you. And we can't let curveballs come into our lives and take away the love of God in our life. So how do we do that? Number one, write this down. Don't think God loves you, know it. Don't think it, know it. It's gotta get beyond theory in your life. Theory is I know the Bible says God loves me unconditional. But you gotta get beyond theory and you gotta know it. You have gotta experience it. You gotta believe it because it's been a life application in your life. You gotta understand that it becomes something in my life I've walked out through every hard season. God, you've been there through every difficult season. God, you've been there. And so it moves beyond head knowledge. It moves beyond even heart knowledge. It moves to the point where you've walked it out in your life. Don't think it, know it. Now look at Romans 8:35. We're gonna be spending back time in Romans chapter 8 today. We were there last week, but it it's so good. We're gonna go back to it today. Romans 8:35. Can anything, he asked the question, ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, we're persecuted, we're hungry, we're desolate, or in danger, or threatened with death? He goes, Of all these bad things happen, Now, there's a list here that he makes, and he's just not making, Paul is just not making a list. Well, here's the top five things, I think. He's not making a top five list of the most common problems. What Paul was writing out was the things his life had walked through. He had walked through every one of these. And he was asking the question, will this thing separate me from God? And he says, no, of course it doesn't. It doesn't separate me. He had a life knowledge. He had walked long enough. How many of you can testify today that even looking back through your hardest season, that God never left you, God never abandoned you, and God was always with you? Come on, give God a hand. Yes, Lord. You were there with me. He says, you got to know it. It goes beyond it. Can anything separate us from the love of God? My kids know that I love them. And growing up, they were smart. They knew that if they were with dad, they said, dad, can we stop and get some ice cream? Can we go through the drive-thru and get a shake? That there was probably a 99.9% chance dad would say yes. Now, mom, I don't want to run you dinner. Maybe there's about a 50-50 chance. But with dad, they knew. that there a, They were confident that dad was going to say yes. Yeah, why? Because dad loves ice cream. And dad loves making those kids smile and say, we got a lot of ice cream. Just don't tell mom when we get home. Eat your dinner. Make sure you don't ruin it for us. Look back through all the things around you. Looking back, did God ever abandon you? No. Has God ever abandoned you? No. So matter what I'm going through right now, he still loves me. Get this in your heart today. Nothing stops God's love For me. Nothing stops God's love for me. It keeps coming. And even an umbrella is not a good example because the sunlight... The sunlight goes down at night, but the good thing is God's love never goes down. God's love never takes a break. God's love never disappears on a rainy day. God's love continues to come down through any storm of life, through any hardship of life, through any trial of life. God has always been there, and he will not leave you, and his love, he is not pulling from you. His love is for you. Number two, write this down. you got to claim the win. you got to learn to claim that win. Have you ever watched a game and you knew at halftime the game was already over? That one team was beating the other team so bad that halfway through the third quarter, they start pulling the starters. They start putting the substitutes in. Why? Because this game has been dominated so much by one team. They've had an overwhelming victory. They've had this great victory. It's so big that they've already, the game is already over. Let me tell you, this is the way God's love is for us. It's overwhelming in our life. Look at Romans eight thirty-seven. It backs us up. No, none of those things, he says. We just listed. despise all those things, overwhelmingly, the, oh, say it together, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ who loves us. It's an overwhelming victory. It's an overwhelming victory. Listen, there's a difference between victory and overwhelming victory. I don't want you just to think we're victorious because it's more than a victorious victory we have. Victory is sometimes down to the last second, kick a field goal, win by one point, and you walk out there with the victory, yes, but man, it was barely there. There's other times you experience an overwhelming victory with a score is so lopsided. You're like, man, that wasn't even close. That was an overwhelming, dominating victory that we had today. This is what God is comparing his love in our life, that he gives us the overwhelming victory. It's not even close. When Jesus died on the cross to defeat Satan, defeat sin, when he was buried in the grave and rose again on the third day, it wasn't even close. Some of you need to hear that today. It wasn't even close. It was an overwhelming victory that God did in our life. And it's a overwhelming love that he has for us. It's not even a close love. Does he love me? Does he not? No, it's an overwhelming love it's not even am I having a good day or no it's an overwhelming love it's already been decided when my kids were growing up I loved times when we had when I if you don't know we have a gazillion kids and so anyway that's yeah we had, we have five kids it seemed like a gazillion and any parents of five want to say amen in the house okay there you go I got one amen uh, it's this knowing that when you have those special times when it's just one kid, you try to make it special for them. So I always tried to enjoy those times when I had a lunch alone with dad or breakfast alone with dad or we're doing something. And when I had them alone, I would always say to them, hey, listen, don't tell your other brothers and sisters, but you're dad's favorite. <laughs> I told them all that all the time. I tell you're my favorite now. Don't tell nobody, but you're, you're really my favorite. And they got to where they believed it, even when the other kids would say it. They're like, "Yeah, he says it to you. he doesn't really mean it, but he, he really means it about me. He, I'm really his favorite because he always gets me ice cream. Yeah, he loves it. And so I want you to give you some some insight today to God's love. You ready? You are God's favorite. You are God's favorite. It's overwhelming love he has for you and I. It's the overwhelming victory his love has produced in my life. And I can realize this that I am God's favorite. You gotta understand it. You gotta believe it. Our kids accept it. And as spiritual children, we gotta learn to accept it. And I want you to really, I wanna challenge the way you approach God today. And I wanna challenge you with this thought, this thinking about think about. John, who wrote the Gospel of John in the Gospels. And when John wrote the book, he he made us know that John, the disciple that Jesus loved. What was John saying? He was saying, John, Jesus' favorite disciple, is writing this book. And we think it's kind of arrogant, but it's really not. Because we see the same thing with Martha and Mary, when their brother Lazarus was sick, remember? And they sent off for Jesus to come heal them. They said, Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick and needs you. So what's happening here was they are giving us an insight to how Jesus treated people. He made everyone feel like they were his favorite. Everyone felt like that. It was Jesus. Everyone felt like Jesus, he loved them, but... He really loved me. I mean, I was his favorite. The one you love, the disciple you favored, the friend you love. And what I want to get to you today is, I want you to claim it, okay? And what you need to start doing is claiming the love of God for your life. Instead of going to God and petitioning him, like, God, I need you. Instead, I, I dare you to do this approach, okay? I'm, I'm gonna tell you this today. I want you to use this approach. God. The child you love needs you. God, the one you love needs you. God, the one you love is sick. God, the one you love is in trouble. God, the one you love really needs you today. And see, claim it. Claim it. Don't just say, God, you will do this. Tell him, God, the one you love need you today god the one it moves the heart of god because it's the nature of god that he wants to pour out an overwhelming love to you and i if you don't know this you're god's favorite claim it claim that love see when you know you're a favorite you're not afraid to ask dad for ice cream when you know you're a favorite, you're not afraid to ask dad to go see, to see the movie. When you know you're a favorite, you're not afraid to approach dad with your problems. There's something about changing our attitude from, am I, am I, am I loved? Putting up the doubt to taking down the umbrella and saying, no, I am loved. No, I am loved. I'm, I'm overwhelmingly loved today. He has already given me this love already. It's an unconditional love for my life. And number three, write this down. You've got to learn to explore. Learn to explore God's love. I love to travel. When we were early in our marriage, my wife and I, we take vacations. We go to a big city somewhere. And we, we decide, I love to get out. If I'm going to go visit a city and travel and take vacation, I want to get out. I want to I I stay right downtown where all the action's at. And I want to get out and see all the big city. I want to explore everything there is to see. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she was a little bit different in her approach. Her approach was on vacation, so I'm going to sleep in a little bit, going to get up, take my shower, drink my coffee, do my makeup, do my hair, pick out my outfit, and maybe by lunchtime, we'll get out of the hotel and go figure something out. And so I'm like, honey, I, I want to go get going a lot faster than that wasting half a day. I want to get out and see what's going on. She's like, you can do all that. But I am on vacation. I do all that when we're back at home. On vacation, I take my time. <laughs> and so we learned something. I learned. We, you know, I, I said, honey, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get ready. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to explore the city. And when you're ready to meet up, you just text me and I'll come back and get you and we'll finish the day off. Because I could get another whole day of exploring in by me getting up going while she was getting ready every day. And I could get to some of the things I know we didn't have time to get to. And so it worked out great for us. There's something about our nature we like to explore. Remember when you were kids? Man, we used to explore everywhere. We wanted to explore anything. It's, it's built in our DNA that we, we just like to go out and explore before we had, you know, phones in our hands 24 seven and computers, if you wanna do social networking, you just had to explore around and find out where all the bicycles are at. Here's a house with eight bikes in a yard. I'm gonna to go to the backyard here. Everybody's there. And we get up and we explore down the creek. We explore over here this field. We explore this construction zone. We, we explore, it's a wonder we made it, right? It's a wonder we lived through that. We explore it all the time, everywhere. That's who we are. But see, God doesn't want you to lose that exploring spirit. God wants you to explore his love for you. He wants you to look at the depth of it. He wants you to look how deep is his love, how tall is his love, how great is his love, how overwhelming is the love of God for our life. He wants you to explore it all. He wants you to experience it all. He wants it all to be for you and I. And he writes this in Romans eight thirty eight and 39. Look what he says. I am, let's say it, the word, convinced. Let's say it together. I am convinced. Oh, that's powerful. That nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for the day, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. How was he convinced? Think about Paul's life. He went from the hive of being educated in the Sanhedrin. One that many people respected. He had the big, funny, big hat that they all wanted. He earned that. Only to have himself struck down on the road to Damascus. Blinded by the voice of the Lord. Paul, why do you persecute me? Struck down by God himself. Blinded by God himself. Only to have God remove the scales from his eyes. Then sent out to spend time many years out in the backside of a desert being taught through the Holy Spirit who Jesus was. He comes back and he goes and he begins to plant churches, traveling the world, planting churches. He's put in jail. He's beaten. He's shipwrecked. He's been bitten by poisonous snakes. He's been persecuted by his own. He's being praised. He's being persecuted Praise, church plant good. Get him out of town. He's heresy. I mean, all these things in life he had experienced. And finally he came to the point where he says, I am convinced. Why? Because he'd lived it. It wasn't just theory that he was preaching. It was life experience that nothing can or will separate me from the love of God. I've had every demon in hell attack me. I've taken everything the world had to throw at me. I've had everything said about me. I've experienced the highs. I've experienced the lows. And I am convinced of this thing. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from God's love. See, today, many of you got theory. You know the Bible says it. But are you convinced? Has it become a life application for you? I remember this statement, and it's a statement I, I shared with my sons. Son, you can never appreciate victory until you understand the agony of defeat. It was, it's a hard lesson to learn, and I was reminded of this. I, I had the, We had the awesome privilege that two of our sons played for. Webb City High School, both of them have a state championship ring, and my middle son Landon was on a team that was, when he was the 10th grade year, his first year he could play for the high school, he was the only 10th grader who started that year on the varsity because the team was loaded. They had guys on there now who are playing in the NFL. We have several guys that went on to play college ball. Team was loaded. They had won five state championships in a row. They had a long winning streak going on. They were ranked like the top three in the nation for middle schools and the whole whole high school in America. And he gets to be the only 10th grade starter. He was really nervous. They played Rockhurst out of Kansas City, the big giant school out of there. And they came down there, and I remember him first quarter, put a guy on his back. And I saw, the guy, I saw my son grow by like six inches in one play. It's like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And he went out with confidence. And the rest of the year, they went undefeated. The winning streak continues, and they're about to set the record for the most state championships won in a row in the state of Missouri. And we get at the Dome. We're playing in the Dome in St. Louis. I'll never forget this. Playing in the Dome in St. Louis. And we get behind early. Had a lot of bad breaks. But they fought back, fought back, fought back. And they get back where they're getting ready to take the lead. It's getting down to the last minute. We're driving the ball. We get down to the half yard line. All we got to do is score and we walk off and we win. We're down to the last play. We're this, this close, no no lie, this close for scoring a the touchdown. They called Landis' number. So he's going to lead block and they're going to follow him right there. Landon pushes this guy back knowing I knew I pushed this guy back. I knew I opened a hole up only to find out that we fumbled the ball at the half yard line and we lost the game. After the game, when it came out, he was so disappointed. I'd never seen my son cry about football. This is the time he did. Show me that picture. He came out. Picture on the left and all he could do was just bury his head in my shoulder. He wanted it so bad. He wanted to say he was a part of that team to set the record so bad. He wanted to have a state championship ring his, his sophomore year so bad. But he was so disappointed. He was all he could do was cry. He, he cried and he, he moped around for a long time because it was just, just ripped his heart out. He had to be so close. So I mean, it couldn't have been any closer. The next year, his junior year, they go through a rebuilding year and lose about four games, which is something that doesn't happen very often. So his senior year, his group of seniors got together. They said, listen, we're going to do whatever it takes to win the state championship. And so not only did they have to practice what the coaches set up, but they set up times to go work out. They would meet after church on Sundays and work out. They would go early before school started and get extra workouts in, all student-led all senior led and they began to win and win and win they went undefeated all the way to the state championship game his senior year and they won the state championship his senior year and this picture on the right is Landon holding the state championship trophy see that big grin on his face right there he couldn't get that grin off his face for two weeks he just smiled so big. He, I've, never, I've never seen the kid so happy. He was smiling so big. He couldn't contain it. He, was, he, he couldn't contain the tears. He, I mean, he, was, he wouldn't let go of that trophy. He had it on his shoulder. He walked around afterwards. He got off the bus with it. He was he would not letting it out of his side. He was so happy. What had happened? It was just not winning because they did it a lot in Web City. It wasn't just winning. He had already faced... The agony of defeat, so he could really appreciate the victory that came. It meant more because he was there, he was a part of the team that had just lost and got so close. And so he really had an appreciation for the victory on a level a lot of people couldn't understand. Why? Because he had been through the hard time. And see, this is the way it is in our life. It's what Paul's communicating to us is it's not theory, guys. It's just not a theory that God loves me. He goes, I'm convinced I've walked it out. People recently, I've had a lot of people recently say to me, Pastor, I don't know what's going on with you, but it just seems like you're getting better. You're getting better every week. You're getting better. Man, you keep bringing stuff and man, it's good. What's going on with you? And I'm like, ain't nothing different except for this. You know what the secret is? Besides God, of course, number one. Number two is this. I'm just getting older. And I've experienced a lot of pain. I've experienced a lot of bad and downs in my life and ups in my life. I experienced it all. And I've walked through it enough now to know that it's just not theory that God will never leave me. But I am convinced. That God will walk with me through every situation. He will turn it around for my good. I've walked through every difficult valley. I've been through the valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil because God is with me. I am convinced he will not leave me. He will not abandon me. God is for me. He is going to work it out. I am convinced. It's just not theory. It's in my heart. I've walked it out, and I know it, and I'll die shouting it. I'll die proclaiming it. I've lived it. It's just something about moving from head knowledge to walking it out. He will work it out. Stop the what if. And change it to, he will. But what if God does it? What if I do this? What if I blow it? What if God... No, don't talk that way. Talk like this. He will for the child he loves. He will work it out. He will see me through. He will cause all things to work together for good for those that are called to his purpose.